welcome to another episode of Unpublished. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today we're going to talk about the concept of making it. Uh, the idea that, oh, I'm, you know, I'm never going to make it or, you know, I'm trying to make it. Like, I just want to kind of dive into this concept uh, of making it as a creative. So, yeah, I, I mean, Amy came to me with this idea, like, what, 20 minutes ago. And I'm interested to see where you want, where exactly you want to take it. Because, yeah. I mean, it can mean so many different things. Yeah, I think, I, you know, what I often do with this podcast is I take something I've been trying to think about and I try and flesh it out. So I actually don't really know uh, where I'm taking this either. But, you know, a lot of creatives come to me and I, you know, think about this too, is this, this concept of, oh, you know, I've been trying for so long, I'm never going to make it. I hear that a lot. And I am just interested as to what the word make it means to people i'm interested into this like to explore this binary of like that we've been sold as creatives as you know what making it means like we either make it or we don't make it which i think is something to be questioned and to unpack yeah i just think there's a lot to to look at here in this idea of like making it as a creative and and what that means and is is this different to our discussion about what does success mean to you do you think I mean, it's definitely intersects with that because when we talk about making it, I mean, that's talking about like, I'm guessing we're talking about success and what it means to you. Or do you feel like making it means like I'm a millionaire? I mean, that's exactly the question that I feel like I'm bringing here today is what do you mean? And Mm. I just, I want to understand better uh, what the narrative that sits under this, this one phrase that I get spoken to, you know, that people come with to me a lot, which is, I've been doing this for so long, I just don't think I'm ever going to make it. And, you know, for me, this is what I thought too for a very long time, for so many years, like, oh, I'm, I'm never going to make it. And for me, that meant I'm never going to be able to do this full time and I'm never going to be able to make money from my art. And I think for a lot of people, that is what making it means. Um, now I'm doubting this topic in a big way no not at all i just was um trying to get you to explain to me exactly what you mean no yeah yeah i just um i almost feel like i want to do this podcast because i want to be able to have an answer for people when they come to me and they say this well i thought it could be interesting like you're you are more successful a lot more successful than me as a creator i'm an amateur still really and it would be interesting for me to like get a coaching session from you or something about this oh damn okay because, you know, so, so for me, something I often think about a lot is, like, I love doing the creative work. I really love it. And I, I can see myself doing it long term. But I just, I, can, I can't see 100% that I'm going to ever have someone buy my art. Okay, cool. So from your perspective, are we talking about making it? If you were to describe what making it meant to you, it means people buying your art? I think it's it's... Yeah, it's um, people buying, consuming my art. Yes. Yeah. So for you, that's your definition of making it. Yes. Okay, cool. And I think for anyone listening, like that's a really important thing to first of all figure out, like what's your own definition of making it and to understand that it is really, really unique to you. And also not to judge what it looks like, what making it looks like to you. Just make sure that it's your own definition, not someone else's definition, not the culture's definition. You know, if your idea of making it, it means making millions of dollars, it's really valid and really cool. And maybe that is what you want. But just making sure that we check in and asking ourselves, like, is that really our definition of making it? Or have I inherited it from parents, culture, society? etc yeah and obviously you know if you were say you were trying to become a youtuber 
then no one's going to be buying your art. So it would be a completely different, like that's a useless metric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to have it suit your craft. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I was going to say that, you know, and success is different to me to making it. Like I already feel like a success because I create every day. Yeah, I like that. And I feel like a success when I create every day and when I'm proud of my work. That's how I feel successful. Yeah. So, and when I feel like I'm on the path and on the journey and I'm, you know, uh, in flow, that's when I feel successful. And that's different to me to making it. And also the success to me is almost more more important Important, to making it. But that is probably because I'm so privileged. Like I have you... um, you, your, your business supports us. Like, I don't have to worry yeah. about my art financially supporting us. I can, yeah. I can still do something that interests me yeah. every day. So yeah. it's like, it's you know, I'm coming from that conversation from a very privileged position. And also, you know, on top of that, I have layers and layers and layers of privilege on top of that. Yeah. Um, but. But that's going to be your definition. For me personally. Yeah. I'm not as concerned about making it as I am about success, success. day to day. Yeah. But for you, it might be really important for you to feel yeah, like Yeah, and you, that's valid. Yeah. Um, or they might be exactly the same thing to you. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to have different definitions there. Mm. Um, so I just want to check with you, James, that that's definitely your definition of making it. Like, is that something you definitely want to do? Yeah, am I being truthful to myself here? I want to sell books, you know? Yeah. I want, and I want to, I want to be like an author that people read and enjoy their work. Amazing. That's what I want. Great. I think that's true. I think that's being true to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, so I like I like this definition that you have that making it means that your art's connecting with people, that your books are connecting with people. Yeah. Okay, cool. And what narratives do you have, um, or do you have any stories around um, not making it? What or what are fears around not making it? Uh, reasons around why you might think that you might not make it, and what yeah, are they? Yeah. I mean, the main one is I don't. Maybe I'm not good enough. Yeah. Um. Like maybe I just don't have the talent. Yeah. Um, and then maybe I'm not lucky enough. Yeah. Or something. You know, like there's always an intersection of those two things. Yeah. Um, so we were discussing something ages ago. I know that you've set out this beautiful like format of me coaching you, but I want to hop back to something you said the other week, which was about luck and about talent. And if you're sitting with these narratives, um, you know, which are very real and I just want to validate them, like these can feel very, very real and tangible narratives. I'm not talented enough. I'm not going to be lucky enough. Um, and James, the other day you said, well, if you don't feel talented enough, you have the privilege because we are alive and living on this earth to continue developing your talent. Like there's a direct solve for not feeling talented enough. Now, obviously there's a whole conversation that's underneath there as well of like, are you the best choice? Like, can you actually accurately judge your work? Pretty much no one can accurately judge their own work. Um, you know, what stories and inherited beliefs, um, are informing the way you judge your work there's a lot to be said there but even if you're just not talented enough yet i'm just as, a, as an example you you have the, the ability to keep practicing and because you have such a, a commitment to your craft in an everyday sense and because you are so successful in the way that you show up to your art every day even if you're not talented enough now on this journey you're only going to get better and better at what you do and that's what we were talking about yeah then we're talking about the luck side of things too so if you believe you're not going to get there because you're not lucky enough, again, because we have the privilege of being alive um, and we're here doing the work, we're successful because we keep creating, um, you can play with luck by putting yourself in the ring again and again and again until luck comes on your side. Yes. So I think for you, like you're incredibly good at developing your skill because you have such a successful creative practice of showing up each day. In terms of luck, I feel like this is where you are less committed to improving your chances by putting yourself in the ring. Oh, cool. Our video just 
fucking tanked itself. You know what? Maybe it's just a seven minute clip today. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> Carrying on. Tech today, guys. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. Do you but know what would have been? We've been through it. Because we tried to do it in 4K and I reckon it reached its size limit. I'm done. I'm done with technology today. Interesting. We need to get a camera. We'll get a camera. Fucking hell. Um, and uh, sorry, just to backtrack. And then yeah. I think, you know, the interesting, the, the thing I was trying to get across when I was, when we were talking, um, when we were walking up Brunswick Street a week and a half ago was that um, if you, if you think creativity is all luck, then keep putting, as you said, then keep trying and your odds increase because you keep rolling the dice. Yeah. If you think it's all skill, then keep practicing and you'll eventually get good enough. But yeah. if you're like most people and you think it's a bit of luck and a bit of skill, then the equation doesn't change. It's, yeah, exactly it's the both same. of them. And as, yeah, exactly. And I think it was just such a wise thing to say. So like, if you're like, oh, I'm never going to make it, like look at both of these um, elements of what it is to, you know, for you in the metrics that you've had for making it. Like those two things play a big part in mm. making it and in having your art connect. And so whilst, as I was saying before, another tech issue just... <laughs> um, you are so good at showing up each day and developing your talent and your skills but you're not as good at putting yourself in the arena in terms of increasing your chances um, because I think a lot of artists are like this because it's really fucking boring to put yourself out there it's very vulnerable to put yourself out there so I mean you know how gently I push you to submit your work but if we and I have had a serious problem with this too like I did submit my novels hundreds of times but I could have done it thousands and I could have increased my chances you know literally oh no math what 10 10x um (laughs) I was like literally a thousand fold Mm. um and so for you, you, I feel like you, the next part of this journey for you is whilst you're also, well, you're already so good at increasing your skills, but also making a practice out of putting, making the chances better for you, which means consistently submitting your art to uh, publishing houses, consistently uh, putting yourself out there to be seen. And I think this is where people really struggle um, because, I mean, it's the, it's, people see it as the non-arty part. Yes, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Yeah. This is not really, like, you know, day to day, usually I don't struggle too much with this, but it does come up every now and again for me. And and when it does, it hits me really, really hard. Um, But I think two things. One is I sometimes feel like I'm not improving. Yeah, interesting. And I I can't believe I'm improving because it's so hard because you don't get any, because because it's so, writing books takes such a long time and like I don't have a writing group or anything. Yeah. It's hard to get feedback, right? Yeah. And hard to know you're improving. And even if you, when you do get feedback from people, people suck at it. Yeah. Yeah, you have struggled with this. And So I'm still not 100% sure I'm better than I was when I wrote my first book. So do you not believe in the concept that because you're constantly writing and constantly reading as well, that's a big part of it as well, that you're not, you wouldn't be improving just because of you're doing those things? You... Oh, no, I believe in that. I just don't believe it. Yeah, you don't believe it for yourself. Yeah. There's some kind of cognitive dissonance there. Yes, I'm not saying it's logical. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, like, that's, a, that's a really important thing to notice. I must be getting better. And I do feel like when I go back and read my first drafts, I'm like less ashamed or like... <laughs> Less ashamed. They they fit together more nicely the more I write. Yeah. I mean, they're still shitty because they're first drafts and they're supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. But like, they require less um, tinkering. Interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, it's good that you say that you know it's not logical because I think a lot of people do think it's logical. Like, mm. I'm just not getting better um, when I show up each day to practice. And, you know, when, I, when I'm when i successful so in my routine, and my creative routine, it would be very, I think, well, like, it would be very unusual if you weren't just getting better and better. Also, because you also have an incredible practice at reading other people's work. Mm. So obviously this doesn't have to, this doesn't just apply to writers. Like, are you consuming an it's not a you know please disagree with me if it doesn't resonate with you but I think for writers it does often help to consume other people's art so we are learning from others mm. by consuming as we also learn by repeating our own craft yes I know if a lot of artists like to have blackouts so they're not consuming other people's arts while they create um, and, and that does seem valid but I think for you James like you're constantly learning from other people as well as looking at showing up each day for your craft like there's no way you're not improving and I think you need yeah. to make sure that that story's in your head because you know it's interesting like i know i've talked about golf too much on this podcast already i suck at golf i really fucking suck at golf but i can still see myself improving because the ball gets closer to the hole yeah it's much more obvious like i know i can see in the sweep of things the ball gets closer to the hole and it's very obvious very mm. very obvious when the ball is closer to the hole or it's not it's not obvious when you you know write a good sentence or, or not more often like I always know, I've always known I'm capable of writing a good sentence or a good paragraph or even a good chapter, but like, is it happening more often? Yeah. And are they, you know? And and is this why you are so often searching for that external affirmation with writing groups and sharing your work? That's why I want a writing group. Yeah. I want I want like a group of three people who are just honest and they're just like, this is you've gotten better. Yeah. Yeah, you know? and I, I understand why you want that. Like it does make a lot of sense. Sorry, but... I feel like I've derailed the conversation a little bit. But... No, no, it makes no, no. It's it's. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. and But I often feel like we can't get the external affirmation we need or we can't really see, gauge where we're going through, you know, three people unless they've found the most incredible yeah, people. A hundred percent. I mean, once I mean, again, it's been a disaster. Know, once again, I, it can be a disaster. Like, it, it, like, I have had some really bad experiences with feedback and I've had some really positive experiences with feedback. And when you can find the good version, it's amazing. But but if you expose yourself to the bad version, it sucks. It's really painful and also completely fucking useless. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think this is part of the reason why I began my fucking Instagram inspired to write because it is such a lonely process. Uh, inspired when... to write in case you're not following. So it was like inspired to write. It's like, <laughs> many, there, is there anyone listening who doesn't know? <laughs> who doesn't follow Inspired to Write? Maybe. I mean, true. Probably, I mean, I mean Instagram. Yeah. Um, because it's so lonely and because it can so often feel like you're making no progress. You're creating in a vacuum and nothing is actually fucking happening because everything's done just with you and your eyes on your art. And that's really painful. And so I started Inspired to Write to at least be witnessed on my journey. That's why I initially started it. Yeah. Um, even though I don't share my fiction in the processes of writing it I think I, when you started out it was much more focused on your journey writing fiction yeah it was yeah because you felt more alone probably yeah I wonder if as I started writing it you share less fiction as well because you felt we can talk about it with other. each other yeah it's interesting I don't know I don't know why but I've needed feedback less and less on my creative fiction as I've gotten older interesting and written more and I have you know I don't have as bad a time of reading my work and being like, nah, this is good. Or nah, this is shit. Like, mm. I just have a bit more of a faith in my own uh, read on my own books. Yes. And I know that my books aren't for everyone. And I know that, you know, they'll get better and better. And that, you know, there's issues with lots of them. And I'm not an expert writer. I'm not a master. But I also know that they're readable. 
sure. and that they can be really enjoyable. And I think I, I lay back on that a lot. And, you know, with that knowledge that like these are they have good qualities that will connect with people, even if it's not extremely good writing. I probably don't have that faith yet yeah. in my writing. Yeah. I don't think. Like, I think, yeah. I, think I get a little bit more, like, confident as I go. Yeah. Could you think you are getting more confident Maybe, as you yeah. go? I mean, the wor- the reason... I got really thrown by some feedback like, a few months ago because it was my third novel and I thought I should be getting better, but I, like, submitted a really raw first draft. And I think everyone else in this group was submitting, like, po- fairly, like, edited stuff that was cleaner. And, mm. like, I got... I just got grilled. Mm. And I was like, fuck, I must suck. Like, I mustn't have gotten any better. Yeah. Man, I feel so, like, mama bear. Like, I want to fuck some people up. I know. Well. It's over. I'm over it. I'm over it. It's I'm done. over it. Are you over it? Yeah, I haven't thought about it for ages. Great. Right, where were we before you derailed the conversation? Oh, then I was going to say, and then, like, so I sometimes feel like I'm not getting any better. And sometimes, oh, I, yeah. but then sometimes I feel like, I, you know, you, you go, what if I'm only improving my chances from you know, one in a thousand to what, 10 in a thousand. Yeah. And that's still bad odds. Yeah. So you're talking about the luck portion of it. Yeah. Yeah. So what if the response to it is, yeah, I do do like a thousand submissions. Yeah. I do put myself out here in a thousand different ways. Yeah. I do improve my work, you know, every day and I'm still not where I want to be. I'm still not making it. And my first instinct is to just like sit with, if that's you like I just want you to know how much I see you and I'm so fucking proud of you and I love you so much and I just I'm so you know what we do is so vulnerable and so audacious and I just want you to know that it's so valid to be really fucking frustrated at this process and it's valid to look at the faults in the systems that aren't seeing you like it's all valid to feel the pain um like it is a very challenging thing to to when you're feeling like you're doing everything you fucking possibly can and you're still not where you want to be um but this is where i feel we have to lean into and i'm really sorry to say it but we have to lean into patience yeah what do you think yeah i I, I, i've been i've thought about this a lot like how many people do you see that have written 50 novels yeah and none of them none of them like got published yeah I just don't, I mean, you never hear. You don't, you, you would never hear of that. I've never heard of but that. But that, like, also, maybe you don't have the energy to write 50 fucking novels. Yeah. Maybe you've got other stuff you want to do. So, yeah. It's fine. Like, you know, I, like, maybe you want to. You don't have to write 50 novels. But if you really, if, like, if this was, like, I remember, I, I know, I, I've probably talked about this before, but Brandon Sanderson, I remember him saying, like, I think he, he wrote 13 novels before it got published, and now he's the most prolific and wide-selling fantasy author in the world, basically. Mm. Doesn't mean, once again, survivorship bias doesn't mean it's definitely going to happen to everyone who writes 13 novels. But I remember him saying, you know, he made the decision, basically, I'm going to keep writing till I die. Yeah. And then if I just end up with a pile of books in my cupboard, I'll be really proud of myself. Mm. Um, and that might, you might not be, that might not be you. You might go, nope, sorry, that wouldn't do it for me. But that's how, that's a little bit how I feel. Um I mean, that's why you're going to be successful, James. Like, I have no doubt. Like, because um, you are in love with the craft to such a huge extent and there's no way you're stopping. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to stop. But and, and I'm committed to the long haul. Yeah. And, like, I'm not going to feel discouraged if in 10 years' time I still haven't been published. Yeah. Like, I, obviously, I'll feel annoyed, I think. Yeah. And I think I'll be, like, uh, a little bit impatient. Yeah. But I'm going to... And, and sorry, I will feel discouraged probably, but I don't, it's not going to stop me. Yeah. Because- and not because I have this like grind to be, the, like desire to be the best. It's just like, I just, this is my calling. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Like, I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to let time stand in my way. Yeah. And I know it's also, once again, I just like, I feel like a fraud saying this because it's such an easy situation. Like, it's like, I don't have to suffer through a job I hate on the side while I'm doing this. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, it's all well and good for James to say because he, he just gets to, he's just, you know, he gets to work as Amy's assistant and do fun stuff all the time. <laughs> like, like, my day to day is really fun. So it's easy for me to be patient. Mm. And I honestly, I don't know if I was, you know, stuck in an office for 10 hours a day I don't know if I'd have the same attitude I just don't know yeah interesting I mean I know that from experience of being stuck in an office 10 hours a day I would be I can't handle that very well yeah but I don't know how it would affect I haven't never done that and also been creating at the same time so I don't know yeah it's very valid and we we don't know everything Mm. and we can't give (laughs) blanket advice to the whole creative population no um I just want to talk about how my definition of making it changed um, uh, throughout my journey and how, um, you know, it was difficult. Oh, my God. Like, literally everything that could go wrong today oh, has. Terry Hill. I don't know who that is. Oh, it might be the mold people. Oh, my God. It's okay. <laughs> don't tell the unpublished people about our mold. We bad. have mold problems. It's bad, guys. It's bad. Okay. Okay. All right. I, I admit it. We have mold problems. <laughs> So what? Sue me. Um, so what I would want to say is like making sure that you're flexible with what making it means. And I was extremely inflexible with what making it meant to me. Making it meant that a publishing house would pick my book, my fiction book, and I would um, make money through my fiction because, you know, Bloomsbury had picked me and that's how I made my money. And, you know, I have made it in my eyes right now because I have, I'm making um, money off my art and connecting with my art on a daily basis. It's not just fiction, it's nonfiction, it's teaching, it's podcasting, it's so many different things. Um, it isn't what it isn't the narrow confines of what I had before. And it really took me having to look my ego in the eye and being like, why is there one way for you to make it? Why and like honestly I was so so stubborn about this being the only way and I had to look at that stubbornness and look at that ego and be like why why have you pinned yourself in so much it's so difficult for you it's going to be so difficult for you to to move through in this one way when you can achieve so much and literally live your dreams through so many different other paths and so if you are feeling like i've done everything i fucking can um i'm developing my talent daily i'm putting myself in the arena and increasing my chances daily but I'm still not where I want to be and I've been at this for a really long time you know do you need to look out outside of the box in terms of what making it means like how else can you do what you love I'm not asking you to give up your craft I'm not asking you to go up the title of creative I'm asking you to chase your creative calling but be flexible in the way that your creative calling can manifest in this realm yeah amazing mm. and it was really for you yeah you you I was so proud of you for the moment. Like when you pivoted, you really had to, you had to kill a part of yourself. Like you had to mm. really, and you went through such a, like it was a real, it was a dark transformation. It was. It was dark under the soul transformation. It was. And it was painful. It's painful to pivot like that. Yeah. Like it was. And like the great thing is it's not a giving up. It's a moving through. I think that's what it was. Like I thought that by changing what it meant to make it, changing my definition of success I thought that meant I was giving up and there was like this huge shame like oh my god like you've given up but I hadn't given up like it was just a it was a I was being malleable and I was being creative like really creative um and I was being an entrepreneur and I had this like new art form of like how can I connect and and 
you know, be seen and make it in other ways that resonate with my soul. But it isn't this through this one very narrow path that I've been committed to for like seven years. Yeah. I feel like, you know, it's such an, it's so difficult because you're right. Like you may, you might make art all your life and you might never connect. You might never make it. And that's just, a, I mean, that's just, that's life, right? Like, I don't like that. But, but what I'm saying is, it's not, but it's like, yes, that's life. But at the same time, it's like, but the purest way to live is to live according to your calling. And the purest way to live is to not lie to yourself and say that you don't want it because it's hard or because mm. it's risky or because it's stressful. Like you only have one life and it's like, are you going to do some risky stuff? Like are you going to play the risk? Are you going to, are you going to go high risk, high reward? Or like, are you going to, or not even like, are you going to go? So, and it's not even high risk in my book because it's like, the high risk is never doing it. Yeah. And the high risk is never trying. And the yeah. high risk is never um, even giving yourself the chance to make it is oh the high God, risk. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, am I ever going to be a millionaire for my art? It's like, it's a wrong question because it's just like, what if I don't try? Mm. That's, That's then you're guaranteed. The like you're, then you're guaranteed to feel like shit about yourself forever, basically. I mean, yeah, what if what would happen if you didn't try? Like, can you live with that? And if you're trying right now, then it's amazing. Like, do you know how many people don't even try? Yeah. For their dreams? Yeah. Do you know how many people? And it's like, it's a real thing in the culture of like the failed per- person who went for their dreams and they failed and now they're jaded. It's like, yeah. why is that in the... I just don't understand why that's such a pervasive thing in the culture. It's like, that person went for their dreams. It's awesome. It's so cool. It's I, like the... Sorry. You go. I think that we've been sold a binary in the creative field of, you know, making it or failing. And I think a lot of people get really jaded because their definition of making it was given to them and handed to them by society. And and it was a real binary. It was a real yay or nay, failure or success. And, you know, I think of an author who I connected with who's an incredibly successful author. She's traditionally published with like four or five books. And I've literally never met someone so fucking bitter about art in my life. Hmm. And it's just like... You know, if you, you're doing what you love for a living. I'm sorry that, you know, you're not a millionaire. Yeah. But you, but like you are doing what you love for a living and you're connecting with so many people. You're connecting with so many people. Like, I just can't believe it. Like, we're all so convinced that there's one way to do it because that's a story we've been sold. And I think that story makes a lot of us stay small because if it's a binary, right, it seems much more high risk when really it's a whole spectrum of, of making it. There's so many different ways that we can feel seen and, and we can feel wealthy and we can feel creative and we can feel successful. There's a spectrum of, of ways we can access that incredible abundance but we're not sold that um and it keeps people staying away from the creative life and it keeps people in line and it keeps people mediocre and it keeps people obedient yeah definitely i mean i think it's maybe it's harder for the older generation as well to think that like i don't know this i mean maybe they were promised they were promised promised more and also like for the older generation if you were a white person growing up 30 years ago like it was just it was a lot easier to like do anything yeah. you know so i guess there were there was a i'm sorry i'm not saying that like it's not easier to be a white person now i'm saying like yeah, yeah. generally just it was the best time to be alive like yeah. you know, if you're a white person back then it was like wow you could just you had the most opportunities to do the most stuff yeah. ever and maybe like you see your friends and they all have they own like four properties but and they all you know they they were like a teacher and it yeah. and uh, i don't know 
they had two regular jobs and they're like more success they have more money than you the more like they I, things like that like they're yeah. more respected by society and i can yeah. see how that would make you jaded whereas i feel like for millennials like it's like <laughs> we're all in a shit show right now yeah it's like well the best that we can kind of hope for well not that i'm sorry like, i don't want to seem, pes- seem pessimistic because i do think there are amazing things happening in the world and i think that like we're undergoing changes and i think that like who knows what the next 10 years are going to look like maybe we will be the luckiest generation who knows um but it's just like well <laughs> if you become a lawyer like you might still not own your own home or like, you might still not yeah. have financial, financial stability like you might just everything's it, just riskier nowadays yeah so you might as well just do something fucking fun that you like you know i think maybe you're right so this this artist is also that i'm talking about she's she is older she's um probably late 50s um i can see that you know she had she took a almost a bigger risk than people who choose to go into the creative way today because mm. like nothing's as stable anymore like it's always a big risk doing whatever job because there just isn't as much money going around for anyone but for her she chose art and she doesn't have as much money as everyone else yes and you can just see the bitterness in her mm. bitterness is something that's just so well, like, toxic like an entitledness like that oh my generation was owed yeah this success this money this wealth and i didn't get to like get my share of the pie yeah oh my god we have to be so careful as creatives uh of this like extremely contagious like thought pattern of bitterness because it's really pervasive amongst us and and i notice sometimes bitterness and i'm like fuck i cannot let that take seed we have to be careful that we don't get bitter and we have to really monitor the narratives that kind of come up and look like that jaded yeah. Also, I just want to like clarify it. I don't just mean that race was the only thing that was important back then. Like class and race were both like if you because these people come from often come from middle class, upper middle yeah, class yeah. white families. Yeah. And that would that's almost like they're the most likely to be jaded almost. I feel. Yeah, they are. Yeah. It's very interesting. Mm. Anyway, not an economist. You're not, you're not an, an economist. I'm an economic historian. <laughs> it's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm real good at calculating GDPs of ancient civilizations. Mm, you are. Actually, Very weirdly I'm not, good. No one's good at that because you can't really do it. You're the best of the worst bunch. No, I'm not the best, definitely. I want to just come back as we finish off this podcast to this coaching session, James. Yes. So I feel like the two things that you have to focus on are, again, like I'm proud of you for noticing that it's illogical, your thought that you're not getting better the more that you um, practice your craft. And keep coming home to the fact that even if you have a narrative that says i'm not getting better i can't see my improvement just keep falling back on this pattern of knowing that i'm showing up each day and that means that i'm getting better and better and better even if i can't understand it even even if it's just like in you know small ways i i'm i am a success because i i show up so consistently for my art and, and, then for, and i do feel like a success yeah to be clear like I, I i mean sometimes i have to remind myself of that and sometimes when I journal, I have to I have to really speak to myself about and tell myself that. But it's just that differentiation between feeling like a success and feeling like I'm on the path, and also just still being like, yeah, but you know what? Maybe I'll never sell a book. Mm. Do you think that you? Oh my god, this podcast could go on for ages. I'm going to ask the question anyway. Do you think that you have to be okay with the idea of maybe not ever selling a book in order to be happy? Yes. I can't deal with that. But I just, you know, this comes from, we have very different ways of thinking here. Yeah. Which is just like, I'm much more willing to live in the moment. I'm much more willing to be process driven than Amy. I'm much more willing to, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you seem just way healthier than me in that, don't you? (laughs) No, because you're a dreamer and you're ambitious 
Yeah. You push for things, which I don't do. Which means you're a pusher, which means like, you know, you need both, right? You need both. Yeah. That's why we're a good team. That is why we're a good team. Mm. That's why I push you to keep putting yourself out there. And that's why you push me to show up each day for my craft. Like, I know that I can be happy not selling a book because I'm happy now. Yeah. So I know I can be happy. So yeah. why am I waiting? Why It's like the stoic thing. Why are you waiting for your happiness when you know you can be happy now? It's within you to be happy now. Yeah. God damn it, James. <laughs> All right. I mean, like, before you pivoted and felt like you made it, you could find moments of happiness in your life. Yeah, but I was also super depressed. I know. But that's probably just bad timing. But you've also, you know, you've also bounced off stoicism much, much harder than me. I have, yeah. Again, I feel like, like you're coming across like much more centered and much more wise than me right now. No, it's. I'm hungry, you're and hungry. I love to connect. Yeah, exactly. It's just different personality types. Yeah, I think we, it's a real. We're in, in a real moment of glamorizing the mindful, but like, it's just one more way of thinking. I like that. And I'm not always mindful. I'm not always happy in the moment. I just, I know I can be. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not super good at practicing it. You are extremely good at practicing it. But I could be better. I mean, and you can it, always be better. It's not like it's a panacea against ever being unhappy or disappointed nah. in yourself. Or I just know. I know if I, whenever I, when, if I ever get into a funk or a dark place, I always know that there's a, there's a a good chance I can recognize it and pull myself back into the into yeah the center. Yeah, it's beautiful. Whereas me yesterday, or me about ten, you know, twenty, thirty minutes ago. Yeah, I go dark. No, you pull yourself back. <laughs> all right, again, I don't want to glamorize this. I don't want to imply that you know only people who can emotionally regulate twenty four seven are superior beings or anything. Like, yeah, yeah. It's good. I think I wish I showed more emotion. I wish I was more in touch with my emotion, and I wish I could express myself better, like you do. Yeah, we're just different. Yeah. Sorry, this is way off the rails as well. Yeah. Is this the longest podcast we've ever done? No, it's not. I feel like I've just been here for hours. But it might be. Like. It's probably mid to high. It's above above median. Damn. Maybe. Well, I hope you've enjoyed it, guys. Yeah. Um, we're grateful for you. Um, if you are on Spotify or iTunes right now, and you can just pop over and just give ourselves a little, you can know. Can Spotify do reviews now? Yeah, you can do reviews what? on Spotify now. You have to have listened to it on Spotify. So okay. you, um, they don't let you review podcasts unless you, Spotify know you've listened to it. Oh, cool. That's awesome. I didn't but, know that. Yeah. So if you want to pop over and and give us a little moi, moi. and I just want to like continue this series of you know last week was Joe Rogan this week was I don't know who's someone who's a podcaster you really don't like oh that's tricky not that we have any like strong feelings I mean we barely listen to Joe Rogan I don't know if I like him or not <laughs> really <laughs> I have no like I don't know but I'm just saying like who would you want a review to go to some big conglomerate or some guy getting paid a hundred million dollars for their podcast a year or cute us we're so cute and if you if everyone just like came and give us gave us a review we would just be like people would go on our podcast like russell brand would be able to go on our podcast or who's like who do we really want tim, tim ferris, ferris would come on our podcast and go wow These those people have a lot of reviews so i think cool. i might go on their podcast yes so we could trick we can trick tim ferris into coming to our podcast if everyone who's listening to this just goes over and leaves a review lovely so do you want to maybe you want to trick tim ferris maybe you do maybe that would make you happy <laughs> okay thanks guys thanks, we're grateful guys. we'll see you next week bye bye